Welcome to Digital Podcaster. My name is Dylan Schmidt, your host. And today I have a great episode with a email marketing whiz. Her name is Liz Wilcox. I learned of Wil- Liz Wilcox a couple months ago, and I've been obsessed ever since. I open every email she sends out. I love how she combines 90s nostalgia with email marketing to semi-unrelated things, I guess. Um, and it's really fun. She's really fun. And I'm, I was looking forward to recording this episode for a while because I knew she'd be a blast to talk to. And email marketing to me is a little bit stuffy, a little bit, I don't know, it just seems a little bit old or something like email marketing. No one's like, yeah, email marketing. It's always like what's happening on social media, all those things. But obviously there's so much value in email marketing because you can connect with possible clients, your audience, all those things much uh, more effectively through email, right? Because it's more of a one-to-one conversation. And Liz does this so well, I know, because I get, you know, entranced in her own emails when she sends them out. Every email she sends out, I make sure to save every single one. So I'm really excited to share my conversation with Liz. And here is Liz Wilcox. to Digital Podcaster, Liz. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love your stuff. I think everything you do is pristine. And I feel like like I put on my uniform today. If you're just listening and you can't see me, like I've got Will Smith on, I've got the headband. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to nail this. I'm excited. Eyes, uh, not your your eyes, sorry. His eyes are like right above the... um, above the uh like, like the right in the video. it's like just enough so i feel like i'm being watched but by will smith i feel like i'm gonna be more uh better like i need him probably watching me all day um yes side note i have a couple side notes throughout this episode Great. Um, but first side note is i have a friend that uh works in security just say that and he i don't even know if i'm supposed to say this but i just say it because it's vague enough but he what he like was the security for will smith's kids growing up and because I'm in L.A., you know, you always have those like crazy stories of. Yeah. You know, wow. And and uh, he had nothing but the absolute nicest things to say about his kids. And he watched them like for years, like he would do their homework with them at night. And like um, but he just was always saying how like nice and courteous they were as like kids. And it just always struck me as like uh, really cool to hear because, you know, oftentimes you usually hear like the bad stuff about. Right. Know, people's kids are growing up like probably wealthy yeah, or something. Yeah. If like, you oh. you literally grow up famous, yeah. like that's gotta be so it's hard to be a kid and not be a brat anyway, but then you're like famous and your yeah. dad is the biggest celebrity in the world when they were growing up, you know, yeah. that he was like really famous. Yeah. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And um yeah, and it's sometimes hard to be a, an adult and not be a brat, you know? Amen. Um, <laughs> uh, so first things I gotta get out of the way is Who's your favorite member of NSYNC and why is it Lance? <laughs> Lance, Lance is my favorite nowadays. He's so, he's, a, he, for me, Lance Bass is, I'm glad you said that because Lance Bass is a businessman. So he's actually the second richest member of NSYNC, which oh, wow. obviously Justin Timberlake, of course, he kept going, kept building his wealth. Um, and Justin but Timberlake, you said? Yeah, yeah. Not you sure. might have heard okay. he was in a couple yeah. movies. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Lance is a wonderful businessman and he does social media really well. And he does like if you're interested in sponsorships, partnerships, uh, check out Lance Bass and how he does stuff and how he does social media content for his sponsors and stuff. It's really cool. But honestly, I'm so glad you asked this question. And if you're kind of tuned out because you're not an InSync fan, like listen up because this is business related yeah, too. Tune in, y'all. Yeah. Tune in, baby. (laughs) Turn it up and tune in. Okay. So Chris Kirkpatrick is actually my favorite. And if you don't know Chris Kirkpatrick, it's no wonder he was kind of the least popular in the group. He actually founded the group. It was his idea. And he brought Justin Timberlake in and, you know, and everybody else. But the reason why I love Chris Kirkpatrick, and you can Google him later and you'll see what I mean. If you don't know what he looks like for me, he, he just, felt like he didn't belong. He could have been in any band. He could have been in Blink-182, Nirvana, like, but he was just this guy literally standing next to teenage heartthrobs like JC Chazay, Joey Fatone, Justin Timberlake. 
And he was doing his own thing. He was like, yep, I created this group. I belong up here on stage with my pineapple dreadlocks and my braces <laughs> and my acne, just the same as Justin Timberlake. Right. Yeah. And for me as a kid, I was really weird. I was really shy. And seeing him up on these posters, like I literally have a poster behind me. I'm staring at him, Mm -hmm. seeing someone like that up there doing his thing, singing alongside like these literal hotties, right? Like these people that were so popular and like with the confidence that he had, it made me feel confident that maybe I have my place among the crowd as well. Right. And maybe I can even stand out and be friends with and, you know, literally like link arms and create something, have friendships alongside that. And on another note, he, like me, grew up really poor and he started the group um, because he wanted to break those chains of poverty and really get his mom. His mom was a single mom. Uh, He didn't have much contact with his dad and he started the business and started the Banned because he wanted to get his family out of being poor. And that really resonated with me. I was really close to my mom. Even uh, today, I financially support my mom and her household. And so that was something that even at a young age, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that one day too. So that's why he's my favorite member. That's incredible. I had no idea. And wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, uh, I love a good like underdog story you know? yeah and like mm-hmm. all about it and like my like like uh high school and, and middle school and stuff i was like really into like punk and like rock and things like that you know and mm-hmm. uh and it just always felt like the underdog thing and and um hearing you say that about chris kirkpatrick i'm like wow i'm not gonna see him the, the same when i watch youtube videos and like see all that um watch all those videos because i agree like i've watched i've got to spent like at night sometimes i'll go on youtube and just like go through a run of like 90s music videos mm-hmm. and i look at you know, chris kirkpatrick and you're like yeah you're right like he does kind of stand out um as not yeah but typical. not right he stands out but not in the way that like jt or jc yeah. stands out like yeah. oh wow that guy's really talented and he's very good looking right yeah. uh in a way that where it's like what what is this guy doing here but at the end yeah. of the day like he founded the band he you know sought out justin timberlake specifically yeah. And, you know, it was kind of the brains behind driving them, you know, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and that's just, it's just really inspiring to me. That's amazing. Do you think um, if NSYNC started a day, Chris, do you think if Chris Kirkpatrick started NSYNC in 2022, he would be up to date on the email best practices? I hope so. I, so I, what I will say, and maybe this is an episode about what we can learn from boy bands about marketing, right? Yeah. Um, and so I will say NSYNC and a lot of boy bands, they mm-hmm. very much keep up with the times. Like mm-hmm. I truly believe teenage girls run the economy, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially the, they run the music industry for yeah. sure, yeah. you know, and run that. And so NSYNC was always partnering Right. They did like McDonald's. They partnered with Britney Spears for Mm -hmm. years. Um, You know, they had I'm pretty sure they had like a cereal in Japan. I don't know. I might have just made that (laughs) up. I believe it. No, that sounds like they always make the like like, crazy stuff, you know, like. Yeah. Like literally on this uh, picture in the background is Uh like a tag from their chapstick that my daughter like fell off. They had their own chapstick brand. They had their own board game. They had their own cell phone. And then when the internet started becoming a thing, they had, they were one of the first to have like nsync.com. They had their own where you could email them and they would literally email you back. There's videos of them talking about it on TRL where they're like, yes, we actually email back. Yeah, And And I'm like, like, yes, because that's one of the things I always tell people is like, you've got to make your email open, right? You can't just have every, like automations are great. They're awesome. But at the end of the day, if you're not making some personal connection, if you're not truly connecting with your audience, yeah, like there's going to be, people are going to know that, especially it's 2022. Like yep. Dylan said, like people are savvy. They know when something's automated and when you just sent it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I, for a couple of years, I got into collecting like baseball memorabilia and um, there's some like, there's a, I think there's like a um, crossover with like pop culture and 
and and of course NSYNC obviously is a huge part of pop culture, but like baseball memorabilia as well. And a lot of the older, seemingly older, uh, you know, baseball players that, you know, um, they, they still do like fan letters. Like you can write them, send it to a place and they'll mail it back. And if they were probably doing email, they'd probably do that too. But people like a handwritten letter and they'll still write handwritten, handwritten letters. And it kind of makes me think of that too. Like, you know, they're, they're coming from a different generation, but that staying power they have, um, of relevancy or people still talking about them or, or wanting their autograph or a letter, I think partly is because they take the time. It's not like it's automated of like, thank you for your response, like in a computer generated thing. Yeah. I love, I, I have a few thoughts on that. So number one is the way Dylan was talking about, you know, people will actually get real letters back. So the mailbox, your mailbox and your inbox people behave the exact same way. And so when you go out to your mailbox, let's say you've got, you know, three, four pieces of mail, like, oh, that's junk. Oh, that's some, that's a bill. I'm going to open that later. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know this Justin guy. Like (laughs) he must've lived here back in the day. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Dylan sent me something. Suddenly you drop those other three pieces of mail and you open up Dylan's personal mail immediately. Oh my gosh. I can't believe he sent me something like a real something. This is awesome. Let me open it. Yeah. So people act the same way in their inbox. Like, oh, that's a bill. I'm going to open that later because I know it's not due right now. Oh, Justin, I don't know how they got the this. I don't know how they got my email. Oh, that's spam. That's, you know, I'm going to delete that right now. Oh my gosh, Liz sent me something. This is awesome. I'm going to open it right now. And suddenly you have, you know, those three, four emails totally unopened. And that's, that's my, you know, most people say, oh, I've got 10,000 unread emails. Email doesn't work, but it does work the same way it works in your mailbox. When mm-hmm. you can create that feeling of, wow, Dylan sent me something, you yeah. know, Michelle sent me something, Liz, Justin, Lance, whatever your name is, right? Yeah. Sent me something. That's when you stand out above the crowd. And that's when you like really have made something click and email can work for you. Yeah. And I always open your emails like, Every time, like, and it's funny because, oh, okay. I'll ask, ask you this. I'll ask you this really obvious to you question, but it's not obvious to me. Um, why, why, <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought of this, just like thought of this question not that long ago. Now I'm like going to fumble with it. Why do I love opening your emails? Um, <laughs> I don't know, Dylan. Why? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, actually I just wrote it down. So why does Dylan love opening my emails? And also why do some of those base going back to the baseball thing, why do people love when you send them personal letters, right? It all comes to what I call the email staircase. You know, first you've got a follower, then you have a friend, and then you have a customer. And when you have a when you have this list of friends, right, you can create products that they need, right? Yeah. And so you how do you how do you create a friend? How do you get somebody to open your emails and be so excited about them? There's only three things you need. And this is uh, the baseball player writing to you is the first one. You've got to invest your time in them. For Dylan, it's very clear Liz Wilcox invests her time. She knows who she's talking to, right? We got on this call. We immediately start talking about NSYNC. Dylan knows who I am. Yeah. And also, I've done my research to know a lot of my... Uh, ideal people are millennials who, you know, especially in this pandemic, we just want to feel good about a time where we felt good and in sync, Will Smith, uh, you know, Seinfeld friends, uh, saved by the bell, all those things take us are taking us back to a time where things were simpler right now. We're recording this as 2022. We've been two years in a pandemic. Things do not feel good. Right. So like, why not talk about stuff that makes us feel good? Right. I've invested my time in Dylan, in my subscribers enough for them to feel connected. Right. Like, wow, Liz really gets me. Every email that I write, the little micro conversion that I'm thinking about is I want Dylan, I want Justin, I want Lance to be nodding their head like, oh, yeah, Liz totally gets me. Yep. She's so on point. Right. And so that's the little micro conversion, right? Every single week, that's how you turn someone into a friend. So number two, you have to share in a relatable way. So I used to have an RV travel blog. My audience was full of men in their mid-60s, you know, with 2.3 kids on their way to college, 
They want to retire and finally travel the country with their wife, right? I am not talking about in sync to, you know, Jeff, right? That was my, that was my, my <laughs> ideal client, Jeff, or I called him Rich or some, you know, some, one of those names, Bob, right? I'm not talking about sync that way. That's not relatable to them. So if I want to inject pop culture, you know, maybe I'm talking about the Grateful Dead, Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin. I'm talking, right? Stuff that, you know, they're going to relate to. I'm talking about, you know, fun campground activities. Those are things I would never talk about with this email marketing, right? That's not relatable. So think about what's relatable. You know, I just talked, I was telling that story about investing. I was talking about, oh gosh, 2020 to 2021, 2020. Like it's all, it's all been crazy. That's me sharing in a relatable way. We all have been living through that experience. And then number three, I stay top of mind, right? You've got to stay top of mind. I email you every Tuesday, probably between like 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., you know, whenever I've got that 40 minutes or whatever. Um, and that's that's staying top of mind. For my people, I know once a week is a sweet spot. Um, you know, if you're e-commerce or something, you know, you've got a brick and mortar or, you know, a non-traditional online business, you know, you might find you need to email more. You might find you need to email less to stay top of mind. If you're w- working with, you know, single moms uh, with, special needs kids, you know, you, you have to really find that sweet spot where you stay top of mind without being excessive or without going too long, um, that they forget about you. I do find once a week is usually a sweet spot, but I challenge you to, you know, just try it out and see what works for you. So those three things stay top of mind, share in a relatable way, invest your time that really uh comes through and that's why dylan loves to open my emails yeah that's true i do like every time because it doesn't feel heavy and hearing you say all that makes it all makes all sense in my brain because when i open your emails i don't feel like oh this is gonna put something on me you know like it's almost like you're going to it's like it's a it's a light feeling you know it's not like uh getting something from like the news it's not like uh, you yeah. Know, like, oh, well, I, that many people died today. Great. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know? He went there, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, and I love that. And that's so true because my ideal person right now, you know, is a business owner, just trying to make it work, maybe juggling a few different marketing strategies. Um, and so my emails are very short. Like today's newsletter went out. I think it had 268 words. You know, but I, yeah. I actually gave five tips in that email and, yeah. and still it was around that 250 mark. When I was traveling in my RV, those people had, I sent Sunday nights, every Sunday night, I knew they were sitting down. Maybe they're watching, you know, episodes of MASH, right? <laughs> you know, they're, they're doing something, right? And my emails were much longer because mm-hmm. those people, that was sharing in a relatable way. They yeah. wanted to hear about my travels. They wanted to know where I was at in the journey. That, and also that's me investing my time. Yeah. You know, I didn't do as many podcast episodes, as much social media. I knew, you know, e- they love emails the same way they love handwritten letters. Of course, we all do. Yeah. But they're from that generation of, you know, people actually writing two, three pages out. Yeah. And so their tolerance for those longer emails is better. So think about your ideal person. Yeah. And think about, you know, the length of the emails. And that's another thing that mm. makes people want to open my emails is I think, what's their tolerance? What's their capacity mm-hmm. for today? And, yeah. you know, if you don't have time to write it, yeah. chances are they don't have time to read it. Like yeah. that's just a rule of thumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I've, I think I've heard you say that before. Cause uh, like it's in the back of my mind of um, you, I'm like the sh- on my shoulder, just like, if you don't have the time to write it, they don't have the time to read it. <laughs> um, Amen, baby. <laughs> Take us to church, Dylan. <laughs> uh, bring in the choir. Um, <laughs> just the boy bands come out. Um, so one thing that's interesting hearing like the the psychology i guess it sound like a doctor all of a sudden but when like me i'm an inbox zero type of person right i do not like to have one email in my inbox like i'll either snooze it if it's important archive if i want it for later unsubscribe if i never want to see it again or delete it if i just don't want it to take up any space and one thing that i and i you know i fall under that millennial thing i think um is when I get those short emails, it's like, 
I just need to know if it's an archive or a snooze really, you know, and it's, and you do such a great job with that. Like with your email this morning, it talked about, uh, there was just one line that stood out to me of like not needing a funnel. And I'm just like, whoa, that that's against the grain of what people say. And you talk very, but very briefly, like it's just a line, but it stood out and stuck in my brain. And I'm like, oh, okay, don't do anything with it yet. Revisit it later. And then like save it essentially. Um, and that's just fascinating to me because not too often that happens through emails these days. I feel like where I'm like, oh, I need to save this. But I, I, I archive, like I save all your emails um, to copy them and then use them as my own Dylan Wilcox uh, later down the road. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that's legal, right? I think, no, I'm just I, think, I think Dylan just proposed to me, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking on the last name. Um, <laughs> it's, 2022. it's 2022, for yeah. heaven's sakes. <laughs> Lance Bass would approve. Yeah. Um, but I save all your emails just because there's so much like valuable information, not to copy them, just to say that. Um, but just to to learn from them and reference them when I'm feeling stuck. And um and I thought and but I thought that particularly good interest a uh, good piece of information about not needing a funnel. And I was wondering, and I didn't ask you this beforehand, but because you're top of mind in my inbox and you do such a great job of staying in my brain, with using email as a way that you don't need a funnel because I I've been in marketing for like a bunch of years. Like I don't make well, over 10 years, I guess digital marketing and done, done funnels and email marketing, all these things, but like I've done, it's pretty a wide net. So like, I don't claim to be an expert on anything mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with um, funnels, like I was just recent, like I've done, I built funnels over the years and I just was going to build a, a new funnel and just the tech involved and all the steps, it's like costly for one, because the subscriptions to keep something going, got to set up the domain, all these things. It's just like so time consuming. And I can see why people will get so let down by building a funnel. And when you say that, it's just like, wow, that's that's really important to remember and easily forgettable because you have, you know, funnel hackers out there that are like, you need this software and you need all this stuff and you break it down so nicely. I was just wondering if, if we could chat about that for yes. a minute or two. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, hang on. Let me get on my soapbox. <laughs> I got to <laughs> grab it. No. So, and w- when we talk, when Dylan references funnels, when I say funnel, I mean, sales funnel, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're segmenting all the traditional, like, Oh, they clicked this. So now they're going to go here and I've got it all automated and lovely and everything. Like Dylan said, like that can be complicated. And I always tell people like, I'm a two-step chick. If it takes three steps, I'm out. I just can't do it. When I started my business, I lived in 200 square feet. I lived in an RV. Like if you've ever been to the woods, Mm -hmm. you can understand my internet problem. Like I didn't have time for the funnel hacking, right? I didn't have, and I didn't have any money for a hundred dollar a month software or, you know, Yeah. yeah. Oh, have merch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. I got to take this sweater off. And that's just for the software, not to mention the domain costs, the, the get help yeah. costs, because you can't figure it out yourself because it's confusing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even with simple funnels, such as like using WordPress and Thrivecart, at the end of the day, when I first started out, I honestly, I just did not have the money for that. I had exactly zero dollars and zero support in my dream. And so, you know, I had, I knew I had to pay for WordPress. I knew email marketing. Everyone tells me that's the way to go. I knew I had to pay for ConvertKit before they had the freemium offer. And that was really, you know, and then I was spent. And so, um, you know, on top of traveling around, having a toddler, I realized I could just keep putting offers in front of people. I could create a great foundation with my welcome sequence. And I could follow up with people every single week, right? Investing time, sharing, staying top of mind. Um, and people could just buy what, you know, as I sold, right? And of course, people don't buy when you sell, they buy when they're ready. So it actually turned out that was a good strategy because some, you know, some folks might buy on week two and then I bring it up a couple months later. And the folks that had heard about it in January, now it's March. Oh, yeah, I need that now. I'm glad she brought that back up. Versus putting it something into a funnel where they hear about it once and I just, you know, 
keep putting them through series and series and series, and they they don't go through the customer journey the way I think they will. And because for a funnel to work and a sales funnel to work, you've got to have your customer research like down. You really have yeah. to know your person, right? Yeah. And you really have to be updating things, right? If I mm-hmm. make a reference to Justin Timberlake and next year he does something that gets him canceled, I need yeah. to go back in that funnel and yeah. take JT out, yeah, right? You're gone, you know, JT, and, the, yeah. and that's just a, yeah, that's just a very simple example. It might be, and with newsletters, it allows your brand to evolve. And so you can try out different offers, especially Mm -hmm. in the beginning. If you're listening Mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah, you know, I have my email, you know, I've got a couple people on it, you know, I don't email consistently. I really caution against just starting a funnel, just start very simply where you get a very simple welcome sequence together. You, you know, start connecting with your audience through consistent newsletters. And we can talk about how to do that in a second. And just start putting offers out there. Because remember, I said the email staircase, when you've got a list full of friends, you can basically just ask them, hey, do you want this? When I did my $9 a month membership, I had no idea if it was going to work. I literally, the subject line was, can I have $9? My favorite email of like all time. Oh, good. We'll have to link to it it in the show notes so people can see just how freaking simple it was. (laughs) And you know, I literally was like, I don't know. I think this is what you need, but I'm not going to spend, you know, 2011 hours figuring, you know, building it out, building the funnel to see, you know, if I can get a hundred people in to see if it works. No, I'm just going to ask people if they buy, then I'm going to build it out and maybe I'll build out a funnel for it later. And to this day, I just took that. Can I have $9 and put it at the end of my welcome sequence? And like, that's, you know, quote unquote, my funnel for it. And I have, you know, of course I have affiliates, but at the end of the day, uh, less than a year into that membership, I have nearly a thousand people in it. That's incredible. And it's just from talking about it over and over in my newsletters, asking other people to talk about it. So you don't necessarily need a funnel. Yeah. So many things to say, but like, I, I, I like, um, for especially people beginning, yeah, I've, it's so like, I just want to say like how true it is. Everything you just said about you have to know your audience, your customer, your clients so well, bef- like before you build the funnel. So you know what you're building and then mm. the work it takes to put in it is like, it's, it's easy. I think everything, especially digital marketing wise, because the people who are selling the software make it so that's their job is to make it simple. They want to onboard people. They're like, you can build a funnel as easy as 20 minutes. And just because you created a login in 20 minutes doesn't mean the funnel's done in 20 minutes. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Doesn't mean that all the tech, all that stuff, but their like job is to make it like, Hey, you can do it in 20 minutes. And like mm-hmm. everything you said, I mean, email is so much more easier. And especially if you're not like a hundred percent confident on what you're doing, like don't waste that time or money, just go with email. Like why waste all that, that stress? Um, what I particularly loved about your email <laughs> subject line. And I'm pretty sure when I read it, I like, I, I rarely will like laugh out loud, you know, like audibly when I said, but like, yeah. it just made me crack up. Cause it's like, can I have nine dollars? Cause it's such a pattern interruption to see like you, especially if you're even remotely into the marketing, you're like um, side of things. You're like, you just see things and you're like, Oh, this is like how they're doing this. Like you kind of see through the lines of how someone is asking for something. If it's $9 and then for you to say, can I have $9? It's like, yeah, like uh, that's all, if that's if that's all you want. Like, oh, hold on, let me go get my card. You know? Guess, yeah, yeah. What's your Venmo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, it yeah. was also like the audacity of yeah. it. Of course, you know, I'm not asking for you know, can yeah. I have nine hundred dollars? <laughs> yeah. But if you have something low ticket, and I would even, I mean, experiment. Why not? But yeah, as far as that subject line goes, for me, every subject I write is for a friend. Mm-hmm. So I think of all my subscribers as I'm really trying to make personal connections. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and I really think of like my products are not for selling, they're for serving. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I write subject lines, I think of it as a friend. Like if I know Dylan personally, right. What would I literally write to him? What would, what would I write to him? And what would the subject line be? It would be something much more casual than if I'm writing a blog post or I'm trying to get Instagram SEO all of a sudden, because that's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to write in a different way. And if you think about it, what I talked about at the top of the hour, you know, the same way you act in the mailbox is the same way as the inbox. Then you're going to write those subject lines much easier. And for me, I like when I sell a product, when I have a new product, you know, I go to my other business friends and I think, Hey, what what do you think of this idea? And sometimes I'll, I'll literally be like, Hey, I want you to buy this. Right. Like I, I, I created this just for you. Like I was thinking about you, Camille, you Mm -hmm. Lance, when I, when I created this. So why wouldn't the subject be, can I have $9? You know, not only does it stand out, but that's literally if I needed nine dollars, that's yeah. literally the exact words I would use to ask my buddy. Yeah, and it's and and the rest of the email. So someone's just not like, oh, is this like a donation thing? But like reading the email, it's like it's it connected in such a way of like, oh no, you built this thing. You're doing this thing that's worth way more than nine dollars, of course. And then it makes the nine dollars seem utterly like small in comparison Ridiculous. to the value that you get. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like at that point, it's like. Uh, this is worth more than $9. So it's a no brainer, of course. And, mm-hmm. and then reading it, it's not like, oh, just can I have $9? Here's the donate button. Go fund me for my new like Amazon addiction or something. It's mm-hmm. like way more uh, valuable than that. And I just was like, this is incredible. And it just made me love you even more um, because it just broke my pattern, but also like so real and honest. And it's like, saying those things about email marketing in 2022 don't seem all that common, you know, (laughs) all the language and terms I'm using with you, I feel like aren't like, it's not just stuff you always talk about fun and laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I love so much Dylan. I want, yeah. Like if you learn nothing else from Liz Wilcox, I just want everyone to know like email doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be gross. It doesn't have to be this mm-hmm. big thing. It can be fun. I think I wrote about this on Instagram today. Like, what would this look like if it was fun? I mm-hmm. always ask myself two questions, like whether I'm writing an email, building a product, you know, doing a podcast episode like this, like number one, Liz, what would this look like if it was easy? Because people complicate stuff. We just oh, do. Gosh. I mean, um, I never do, but I've heard of people doing that. Yeah, I'm sure ah, you're perfect. I do it right? all the time. Uh, <laughs> and then number two, what would it look like if it was fun? Cause those yeah. are two different things. Like for me, what would it look like if it was easy? Oh, well, I would delegate it. Oh, well, I don't have enough money for that. So that's there where that follow-up question I created, what would it look like if it was fun? Yeah. Oh, well, if it was fun today, Dylan and I would talk about, we'd open the episode with NSYNC. Yeah. I would wear my crazy headband and shirt. Yeah. I would, you know, I would have my NSYNC mug and I would yeah. try to make him laugh. Right. Yeah. And suddenly we're off to the races and we're connecting. Right. Yeah. And your fun, your idea of fun is not Liz's idea of fun. It's not Dylan's idea of fun. Yeah. So that's where, you know, you can separate yourself. And with my membership, a lot of people say like, oh, I got, I got your email template and I felt like I was able to use it, but it actually sounded like me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things I love the most because I don't, I want you to get on my list. Like Dylan says, and yes, I want you to steal all my emails. I yeah. want you to steal my subject lines. I want you to take everything that I write and use it. Like that's yeah. the perfect Change words business. though. It's you know, very like, meta. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so take it, use it as your own. But if you ask yourself those questions and you really, you know, I don't know, look into yourself and, you know, you know, a lot about your personality, you know, you, you know, Oh, Liz uses Will Smith. What am I going to use? It's going to make it so simple to translate into your own business. Yeah. And the answer to that question is Jada, obviously. 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 Um, That is beautiful. And again, I don't know if I've ever talked about email marketing and beautiful in the last (laughs) seven years. (laughs) Like these are just, this combo is just like not what, but that's what I love about you and what you do and how you serve. And question for you, because this is, um, I've done like marketing coaching for, for years too. And one mm-hmm. of the things, the most commonly thing I see asked around email is people go, awesome. I want to email, but I ain't got nobody on my email list what's the point of emailing if there's nobody there? And they might, and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I have 15 subscribers or, or maybe they have like none, but sometimes they'll be like, I have 15. I got nobody. 
Well, if I was in a room with 15 people, I would feel like the shiz, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, I've got 15 leads here. Like 15 yeah. people on yeah. the screen doesn't seem like a lot. When you look at, you know, these big marketers, you know, you look at Will Smith's account, he's got millions of folks, mm-hmm. right? Um, but side note to that, like Will Smith, depending on how many followers, I know he's got millions, but mm-hmm. like why doesn't he have a billion? Like he's a yeah. movie star, right? Yeah. Like it takes work, right? No yeah. matter where you're at and who you are. Yeah. But yeah. So at the end of the day, like if you've got two people on your list and one of them is your mom, like let's work that other one. And this is what I say about email marketing. And I, I talked about this a little bit, like really, truly connecting with your subscribers mm-hmm. and using all those emails, right? Like investing your time, sharing in a relatable way. Email is one to many. But when you do those things and you open up the conversation, it can become one to one. And that's where the customer research comes in. That's where the friendships build. That's where, you know, Dylan gets me on his podcast and he's like, how do you get me to open your emails? Like, you know, and it's because I've opened up that conversation. I'm willing to answer emails. And this is so beautiful using Dylan's word. When you have a small list, when you just have, you're getting person, like literally one person at a time, you can literally say things like, Hey, I'm just building this. I seriously only have 20 people on this list, but I'm dedicated to doing X, Y, Z for you. Hit reply and let me know X, right? And keep these questions very simple at first. Yes or no questions in your welcome sequence. Like for me, it's, do you have an email list? Yes or no, right? Or, you know, do you have more than your mom on your email list? Yes or no. That person knows immediately the answer. You've got to ask yes or no questions as for at first. And then as you build your list, as it gets older and bigger, you can ask those more open-ended questions. Like today, my email list is probably about two and a half years old. I literally ask the question, what's up? No, seriously. Hit what reply. What the heck is up? You say, what the or, heck yeah, is up? Yeah, what the heck is up? I and said. in my mind, I said, what the F is up? That's what I heard, Liz. <laughs> okay, Dylan might know me better than I think he knows. <laughs> I, 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 I think I did write F and then I erased it and put hell um, yeah, or heck or whatever. See this, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, um, I got something like 20 replies in like 20 minutes. But that's because I have that relationship. But as you're building it out, keep it small. Keep those questions really simple, right? Like whatever. if you're a crochet blogger, do you have crochet needles yet? Hit reply. Yes, yes or no. If you're like a real estate agent, have you ever bought a house? Hit reply. Yes or no. Very, very simple questions. And do that consistently. Build it up. I hear so many, oh, I've tried to send out a survey. I've tried to ask questions. It doesn't work. Well, it's that TikTok, you know, what's yeah. that? It's yeah. like, have, have you tried every week? You know, have are you emailing every week? Are you consistent? Are you telling people you expect them to reply? Right. You guys know what audio I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just have to keep going with it. And then as far as building your list, um, I... I'm happy to give some tips on that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like a couple, like a super high level on like what you've been seeing these days of, of how to even get someone on your list. Like, you know, I think is, is simple. I, you keep everything simple, but I'm just yeah. saying for my, <laughs> I'll keep it yeah. simple. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically what you have to know about list building is it's basically Liz the building same or list Liz building, building. Liz that's funny. I've never made that connection in my head. I'm going to have to <laughs> ponder on that and use it somewhere. Um, what you have to know is list building and visibility are basically the same thing. The more people know who you are, the more you market, the more you listen to Dylan and his strategies, the more your list is going to build. And in order to make that true, you've got to have the right sort of like freebie, opt-in, some kind of incentive to get people on your list. So think about, you know, what is the customer journey? What's the very last thing? If I'm working with Dylan and, you know, I'm picturing like a graduation ceremony, like what would Dylan say he was able to do at the end? And then I take it all the way back. What's that first baby step I want you to know? And that becomes your freebie. So say you have already got that. 
let's put it in the right place. Your homepage, and you can go to LizWilcox.com and see that I've got it five or six times. Beautiful website, by it. the way. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I paid a lot of money for it. Uh, it you can Google it Christy Cooper. She's great. Um, <laughs> so you've got to have it in three to five places. Like, And your copy should be around getting people to sign up for that list. If your main thing is, I'm going to go all in on this list building, Liz and Dylan say, you know, it's lucrative, then it's got to be on there three to five times. Your about page, you can go to my copy and you can read it and you can see I'm literally, I'm telling a story about me, about you, but I'm leading you into, hey, your first step should be this freebie, right? And so as you go out and you do that visibility, you build up your Instagram content, maybe you're on TikTok, you're in Facebook groups, you know, you're, you're doing podcasts, right? As people start to go to your website, it's very easy for them. They know exactly what to do. They're going to sign up for your list, right? Dylan's going to ask me at the end of this podcast, I'll show you exactly how it's done, right? To get you onto my email list. And so for me personally, I make sure that's all set up. I make sure my freebie makes sense. And then for me, I just, you know, I post on my Instagram stories as my social media strategy. And then I get on podcasts. In 2021, I was on over 70 virtual stages, a few different uh, in-person things. But for me, that's my visibility strategy. You might go with Facebook groups, or I'm sorry, Facebook ads. You might, you know, let's say Dylan and I do a link exchange. You know, I write an email that shares his freebie. He writes an email that shares mine. You can do those types of things. Um, But really, you have to think about list building as a visibility thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge and makes sense. And to tie it to how I even found out about you is I was looking for, I was like, you know, I want to find some podcasts on copywriting. So Mm -hmm. I was looking up and I found a pod. um, I think it was the copywriters club. I think it's called the only episode I've listened to of their podcast was the one you were on. Like I, I literally was like scrolling back. I happened to stop on yours because it wasn't like the date came out. It was an older one. I was like, just going, I was like, what's yeah. one I want to listen? And I don't know what it was the headline or what it was, but something about yours made me listen to it. And then I'm just like, Liz. And I haven't listened to another podcast episode of that. Cause I was like, I'm good. I got, I got, I got my Liz and I'm good to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that visibility is like, you know, it's, it shows up in ways that it's almost hard to quantify. Cause there's no way you could have been like, I'm going to go on this podcast and then, you know, uh, someone's going to find it because it'll be the only episode they listen to of this podcast and then find me and contact me and then purchase like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's crucial. That visibility is, makes a lot of sense. And uh, I love that. Um, well, yeah. like you mentioned, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on team Liz. Um, I have been since I heard your voice, but how do you work with people these days? Has it changed? Cause I know you were doing like, I don't, uh, you're not, you're not doing like one-on-one work anymore, right? Or you are? Correct. Correct. Dylan, I just want to say you are flattering me when you said, oh, since I heard your voice, because my family always makes fun of me because my voice is so nasally. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And also when I did all those podcast episodes in 2021, I unknowingly was going through a really bad food allergy. And so my voice was like really shaking a lot sometimes. Mm. And I was like, gosh, I sound nervous, but I just don't know what I ate. Um, (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Um, I love, I love your voice. And I love like, um, because, (laughs) because it's like different and I don't know, Uh I don't, I, I think my own voice is nasally. Um, and it's always shocking to me when people are like, Oh yeah, great voice. I'm like, I like, I still don't like the sound of it. Um, and so maybe, uh, maybe I subconsciously identify with how you maybe aren't a oh, big fan good, of your voice good. and we're both like, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> that's <We're> so <laughs> funny. And so let this be like, as you listen and we both complain about our nasally voices, <laughs> yeah. uh, let it be inspiration that despite nasal voices, we're both using podcasts as a disability yeah, strategy. Totally so whatever yeah. you're insecure about, like just go for it. So if yeah. you look in my brand photos and if you're watching like snippets of this uh, recording, you'll see I have a headband on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that's just like, oh, that's Liz. That's part of her branding. Well, mm. I started because I have a forehead insecurity. Mm. I think my forehead is really big. Mm-hmm. And so when I started a YouTube live show back in the day with my other blog, I was like, I have to wear a headband because I can't stop staring at my own forehead. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, <laughs> no, it's it, all yeah. like you never know what those little insecurities are for yeah. people that you might be looking up to or learning from or thinking, oh, sh- it must be so easy for them. So that's just share a one side insecurity. note. One, let sure. me just share an insecurity just to match because I don't want to be like, oh, let's share an insecurity. Why didn't you share an insecurity? Uh-huh. I have an insecurity. I drive a Porsche. No, I'm just kidding. I don't drive a Porsche. <laughs> That'd be oh my insecurity. My you know, they always say like men who drive Porsches are like insecure. Um, uh-huh, but uh-huh. Uh, I, let's see. Let me find. Well, I mean, there's multiple. I mean, I make a whole list. But yeah, I think the voice is huge. And um, I, I think it's a food allergy. Oh, it is. A, I think it's pretty sure it's a food allergy. I haven't got tested either. But on a lot of my videos, I don't think I have it right now. But on a lot, a lot of my videos, my nose is red. And I think it's from a food allergy. Do you get that too? Oh my gosh, Dylan and I are having epiphanies right here <laughs> coming at you live. So I, one of my insecurities is my nose is just randomly sometimes red. Mine I never too. connected it to my food. I'm allergic to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we might have to edit this out or maybe no. your people are into it. I'm allergic so I'm to allergic, BS, Liz. I'm a, oh, amen. <laughs> I'm allergic to like wheat, um, any kind of nuts, yeah. which sucks, like all nuts, like tree nuts, peanuts, yeah. legumes, all that nonsense, yeah. tomatoes, chicken. I recently oh. found out I'm allergic to uh, avocados, oh. cinnamon. I mean, just a lot of stuff. And sometimes yeah. everyone, and I thought it was because I live in Florida. And yeah. so I just need to wear more sunscreen. But even right now, I've got like this little red dot here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to Google this. Dylan, thank well, you so much for well, sharing but, your insecurity. <laughs> because I was, I like, will film these videos, I f- or film like social uh-huh. media videos usually in the afternoon. And that's, yeah. I don't usually eat till later in the day. And every time I'd go to record, it'd be bright red. And then one, I was like, I, but I can't not record. So I would like put it out. And then I asked in my stories on Instagram, I was like, why, do I, why is my nose red all the time in the afternoon? And I know it was like, to eat stuff, but someone that was like, oh yeah, my son has that issue and it was food allergies like oh so i would just record anyways and i'm just like you know the red nose is here to stay like i I tried everything i'd be like put my head in the freezer you know then i just whatever and then i'm just like if you see me with the red nose that's the rudolph signature right there so it's gonna be what it's gonna be um ho 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 everybody Um, (laughs) christmas is yeah oh my gosh thank you for sharing that because I haven't eaten yet today and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty even skin, (laughs) but yeah, there's sometimes I'm like, wow, my, I look like a boozer. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I totally know what you mean. Like totally know what you mean. I'm like, I don't, I drink a couple times a year, like, but I love candy or I love like food Uh that probably is a food allergy. And then, yeah. And then in the afternoon. So, um, but to, uh, (laughs) Um, I forget what the original question was. I asked you, but working with you, <laughs> working with you. Oh, how um, can we work? Yes, how can we work yes. with the the one and only Liz Wilcox? The of one course. and only, yes. So, um, yeah, like Dylan said, I did retire my copywriting services. So Dylan found me through the Copywriter Club, uh, which is a great episode. I go a lot more in depth on the RV travel blog. I think on mm-hmm. that episode, um, but. Yeah. So I retired my copy services. I only started copywriting because I knew it was quick cash flow, and I knew email marketing like was my zone of genius. Like Dylan said, I try to make everything really simple for people. I know everyone's overwhelmed. And, you know, I hate when you buy a five-step program and it turns out to be 25 steps, right? I really don't want that for people. I really want you to just get going and get mm-hmm. build that momentum. Um, so that's what I wanted to go hard in, but I needed the, you know, I needed the capital first. So I just retired that I was able to save up an entire year's salary. I'm really excited. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, but nowadays my main thing is my membership. So the, can I have $9 email we were talking about earlier? It's a $9 membership where I literally write an email template for you every single week and give you a video walkthrough of how you can use it. So no matter what kind of business you're in, you can, or what kind of tone, what kind of personality you have, you can really see yourself in the emails and you can see how it can work for you. Um, I find that, you know, a lot of swipe files are just that they're swipe files, right? It's like, Oh, this was written for Liz Wilcox for Liz Wilcox's people. I don't know how it can work for Dylan. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want that. And so when you go into the membership, 
I literally send you every Monday morning an email with that video walkthrough. I give you a detailed template, skeleton outline, and two swipes from two different businesses and two different tones. So the longer you're in it, the more you can see these patterns of email, that psychology, how it all works together, how you can build the follower, friend, customer, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's only $9 a month. Like I said, when I started, I had $0. I But everything seems so complicated. Yeah. And so if that's where you're at with your email marketing, um, you know, that's why I created the membership for you. And it's literally called email marketing membership. Yeah, I love it. SEO, right? I love it. Yeah. And that's one thing I love about your everything about Liz is because it's like you sometimes will get in stuff and it's like, well, that's the $9. But if you want the real thing and it's like you're just so transparent and raw and honest and it's so inspiring because it's like I can do this. I don't feel like you deliver anything that I can't do. But it also feels like just enough of a stretch that it's like, this is going to help me grow, but not so much that I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. It's like, it's like, you're right there. Like, um, it's so valuable. Oh, that, that's great. That's great to hear. I love that. I, I really mean it when I say like, I'm on a freaking mission to make sure entrepreneurs like can do email. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I love that you can get in there and get it done without stressing too much about it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, um, I, I don't know if I, I didn't fact check this before I said it, I'm saying it, but I'm pretty sure you are the first person, like I've actually purchased something from on the podcast that, um, I'm pretty sure you are like, um, which is just cool. Cause I usually just will feature like pretty neutral, but I'm like, nah, I've been, I purchased and it's like, awesome. So definitely check the show notes for, um, Liz. And um, thank you so much for joining me today, Liz. Thank you so much, Dylan. This was such a pleasure. And I really can't wait to see what everybody does with their email. Thank you again, Liz, for joining me on Digital Podcaster. It was a real honor to be able to speak with you. And that's one of the things I love most about this podcast is the chance to connect with people and chat with them for an hour. Like when else would that happen? Like, I couldn't just hop on Zoom with Liz for an hour to connect about email and things that I genuinely enjoy talking about. So that's one of the things, one of the many things I love about this podcast is the opportunity to connect with Liz. If you'd like to connect with Liz, make sure to check the show notes. Uh, if there's something particularly, uh, you know, one particular segment about this episode that you liked, uh, please let me know. Uh, send an email to hello at digitalpodcaster.com and If you are interested in starting, growing, or monetizing your podcast, please visit digitalpodcaster.com. It would mean the world to me if you would take the 60 seconds, whatever it takes on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, to leave a rating and a quick review. It would mean the world to me. It really helps the show out. So yeah, uh, that's all I got for this episode. I'll see you in the next one.